Hey, it's Pastor Mike. Have you ever wondered what God is like, or what Jesus was all about, or how you get saved, and what getting saved means anyway? Well, if you've ever felt embarrassed to ask, please don't. I really want to help you understand our big, amazing God. And a great place to start is a little book that I wrote called The Basics. God, You, Jesus, and Faith. And here's more good news. If you're always on the go and don't have time to read, you can now listen to The Basics as a podcast series. Just search for The Basics with Pastor Mike Novotny wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Well, hey, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Behind the Series. That's me, Pastor Mike from Time of Grace, and I'm here once again with Amber L.B. Swenson. Amber, we're going to dig into a series called Is Christ in Your Christmas Carols? But before we get to that holiday, um, we're filming here just a few days after Thanksgiving. So I want to hear, like, can you, off the top of your head, think of the best moment of Thanksgiving, Ooh. the worst moment of Thanksgiving? I, I think I officially gained 10 pounds during the month of November. We're not talking about weight. We're not, okay. We don't talk about weight <laughs> from, from October to January 1st. It is unlawful to talk about weight at all. It's so in Leviticus no. somewhere, isn't it? Yeah. Thou shalt not... <laughs> Eat pigs or weigh yourself during the holy festivals. That's right. That's right. Best moment, I think, was just having my family all together. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. How about you? Sweet. Um, yeah, we went to um, the Detroit area where my sister-in-law lives and spent a good four or five days with hmm. the in-laws. So my kids, actually, my daughters, only have two total cousins. Hmm. And they live, you know, eight hours away. So it's pretty cool to see... We walk through the door and like we don't see the kids because they just like love cousin time. So yeah. it's pretty special for us. It was a, a really great trip. We also went to the big downtown Detroit Thanksgiving parade. Mm. I've never been to a parade that has like the giant balloons. No, um, neither. Where like 15 people are holding them on strings, oh. which is super cool. Um, they had Captain Underpants, by the way, which was a giant, a giant man in undies, which I didn't <laughs> And this has what to do with Thanksgiving? This is the highlight. Because that's all you can fit in when when you're done eating? Is that what? When the pilgrims came over, their clothes had fallen into the sea. Uh, This is revisionist. Do you not wonder why, how all these traditions start? So many of them? Wearing underwear or what? (laughs) Holiday traditions, not underwear. No. Holiday traditions, like a Thanksgiving parade that has giant balloons. Yeah. That's fair. How do these traditions all start? That's really fair. I I don't know. I don't either. We'll put that on our list of questions (laughs) to ask Jesus when we get to heaven. Okay, moving past Thanksgiving, uh, we're Mm -hmm. talking about the Christmas season. And the series, it was really great at our church, called Is Christ in Your Christmas Carols? So we're going to kind of break down some uh, famous Christmas carols and see where Jesus Mm -hmm. is in them. So, yeah, where do you want to start? How'd you come up with the idea? What is the big idea? Why did you want to talk about Christmas carols? Oh, yeah. So I have this really uh, love it and hate it relationship with music. Oh, no. Yes. We're going to go there. (laughs) So, I mean, music, uh, Martin Luther once said, music is like the second best gift that God ever gave to humanity Mm -hmm. after the gospel and good theology. But what I've noticed about music is, you know, I could ask one of my daughters that would say, like, oh, I really love this song. Turn it up, turn it up. If I turned it down and said, well, what's the song about? Uh, <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know, but I love it. Yeah, and like that's the power of music. It it can actually bypass the mind mm-hmm. and just get straight to the emotions of the heart. Mm-hmm. And that's even true with with church music, with Christmas music that's about Jesus. So man, we can remember the nostalgic tunes. Mm-hmm. But this series was really about let's not miss the thing that actually lasts longer than that temporary emotion of singing 
Silent Night. Yeah. Let's actually think about the words and the lyrics because that's where Jesus and the truth is, which is a gift you know, that extends long past the church service. Mm-hmm. So we kind of pick three classic carols, try to break them down verse by verse, line by line, and just squeeze every ounce of Jesus and blessing that we could. Okay, so the first carol was Away in the Manger. Yes. And you didn't use the traditional version. <laughs> Why not? Did you get any eggs on your car after you got done preaching? <laughs> it actually was a total accident what happened. Okay. So yeah, I picked the the carols. I had to actually find some that weren't copyrighted. So, you know, I'm picking up my hymnal yeah. and I'm finding, okay, here's three really good ones. So I had just assumed that was what we were working off of. But our worship director, when he chose, because the premise was, hey, we're going to study it. And then right after the sermon, we're going to sing it with like right. meaning from the mind and from the heart. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I don't know. You had, you had picked a more modern version that was kind of the same, but not yeah. totally the same. So we were, the, the train had already left the station. I'm like, oh, no, what am I going to do now? I'd prepared like a sermon on the traditional one. And then I had a shift yeah. to this new version. And it turned out okay. As we're about to see, there's some beautiful new lyrics. So we had this uh, Phil Wickham kind of modern version that uh, changed the third verse, but it was super powerful the way that and it the turned second. out. And the second. There's, yeah. Because yeah, right. the cattle are not lowing. or The cattle are still lowing, but the baby was not making any noise. That part was... <laughs> yes, all the objectionable parts. I'm like, wait, did that really... Did Jesus... Yeah. Like, never cry or fuss. Yeah, he took yes. all that out. So, uh, any thoughts about that, Amber? Yes. If Phil Wickham... <laughs> you if... had the lean in, like... I've prepared some remarks. If Phil Wickham is watching right now, I would like you to adjust some other Christmas carols for us. <laughs> that would be lovely. So uh, that's interesting. That was a total accident, though. So really we was. can thank Jonathan for that. You then. Can, yep. Our worship director, Jonathan, gets yeah, all the credit. Right. Okay. So most of us sing songs, just like you said, with your daughters, without mm-hmm. even thinking about the lyrics. You're singing the songs. You're not even thinking about them. Yep. And... You made a point right off the bat, away. That's a really important word. Yeah. Why? Yeah, away in a manger. We Maybe we jump to the Jesus in the manger. But I was thinking the word away just implies a distance between two mm-hmm. things. Like she moved far, far away from her childhood home. Mm-hmm. It's really profound to think, well, if Jesus was here on earth in Bethlehem in a manger, what was he away from? You start thinking, well, he was away from heaven, from the angels, from the glory, the comfort, the perfection. And to think that he, you know, sometimes we end up away from home for reasons we don't want. I have to travel yeah. for work or right. I'm, I'm in a dorm room or a prison cell away from the bed that I want to be in. But if Jesus, out of love, like chose to be that far away from glory so that one day we could be far away from this brokenness and be with him in glory, it's really a profound thought of how much he sacrificed and gave up so that we can enjoy heaven and see in our Father's face. And in the sermon, you made such a beautiful point about how far hmm. he had come because you talked about running in Israel. <laughs> yeah. And in the pasture lands, you know, and what yeah. Jesus actually came to, which we see a little bit in this song, yeah. a glimpse of in a manger. Yeah. A like he came to a manger. Yeah. He didn't come to glory and pomp. Yeah. So, yeah. And a lot yeah. of people don't think what the word manger means either. Mm-hmm. We think of like a, a little crib, mm-hmm. you know, maybe outdoor, cute little pottery barn. <laughs> but like, yeah, pottery a barn. manger is like a feeding trough. Yeah. So likely before Jesus was, I mean, does Mary have to like push off the slobber of the barnyard yes. animals to lay the son of God down? So, I mean, how far away if you're actually in a manger? So that, that line, man, it's just filled with so much good theology and just shake your head of like, wow, Jesus did that for us. 
stunning. So you remind me right now of the one problem that we're going to have after we listen to these sermons, hmm. and that is that you want to just take a line and think about it and not sing the rest of the verse yes. initially. Yes. It's like studying the Lord's Prayer. Yeah, I was just thinking that. When you study the Lord's Prayer, I struggle so much. To, I don't want to say the Lord's Prayer, you know, like all at once. You want to yeah. meditate on each petition yes. instead of just like reeling through it. And then you, you just don't have time to think all the things that you want to think. Yeah, that's true. So same thing here. Yep. The more you learn about these songs, yeah, you're right. you just want to ponder them, slow them down. Stop, think about them, but yep. what a terrible thing to have to do. <laughs> yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd rather be frustrated that I, I just see all the goodness and I don't have time to get there yeah. instead of just like, oh, I love this tune and like miss all the goodness that's there. So right. probably the lesser of two evils, but you're yeah. right. So the third verse is definitely different than most of us mm. were raised with if you're my age or younger, um, older. <laughs> <laughs> I was, was going to lean and say, oh, no, how old are you, Amber? But I'm a... <laughs> That's not allowed. How old do you think I am? <laughs> I'm not a smart man, but even I, <laughs> even I. <laughs> Won't touch that Smiling with a 10 to, wait, 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 Let's get back to this, the script. <laughs> so uh, the third verse, uh, the new version, is really about worship. Mm -hmm. And you talked a lot about what worship is. Yes. So what is worship? Oh, man, it's a super misunderstood word. I even think of the guy who leads our music, we, Jonathan, we talked about him. Mm -hmm. Some people call him the worship director, mm -hmm. which kind of implies, oh, the music part. There, you go to church and there's the sermon and there's the prayers and there's the worship. So I think we, we kind of take what's a part of worship and we make it the whole of worship. Mm -hmm. So if I said, you know, Amber L.B. Swenson is time of grace. Oh, that would be a bad thing to say. <laughs> you're an important yeah. part of time of grace, but you're, you're a part and you're not the whole. And so that's really important to think it's it's not just what happens at a church on a Sunday morning that's worship, nor is it just what happens during those four hymns or those five mm -hmm. songs. Um, my definition of worship is anything that says to God, you're worth it. Mm. Like, okay, I'm a, I might not be the best singer around here, but I'm going to sing praises to you because you're worth it. Or I'm going to give this offering right now. I could do a lot of things with this money, but God, you're so worth it. Or, oh, I'd really like to say this or, or do this or I feel this. It would feel good to do this. But I'm going to resist those temptations because, God, you're worth it. Mm -hmm. So anything that puts God in like the highest position as one who's worthy is an act of worship. So every time you're tempted and you say no to sin, that's worship. Every time you love someone because mm -hmm. God wants you to love them, that's worship. When you go to church, that's worship. Um, so, yeah, thinking of like 24-7, that's what we're always worshiping something. The question is, what's the something that you think is so worth it? I love that. Yeah. So when you serve your children, when you serve your husband, when you do well at work, yes. all those things are saying, you're worth it. Yeah. I'm doing this out of love for you. Yeah. And that's so life-giving because if we limit, you know, my worship of God is something that happens. Well, what happens when you can't make it to church to sing right. the songs? Right. What happens when you're the new parent with twins and you can't volunteer at church like you used to because you're just trying to keep these little ones alive. Mm -hmm. Oh no, the Bible would actually say you're, when you're loving your kids, like God the Father loves us, that's worship. Like mm. <laughs> you didn't take Good. a break from the real worship to do this stuff at home. No, all of life is spiritual and all of life is worship as we're following Jesus. Mm, I love that. Yeah. Okay, the second sermon was on Hark the Herald and you were breaking down what Hark meant. The, just the, the one first word again, Hark. 
And as you were doing that, I was thinking, that's exactly what I do when I read the Bible. Mm. What you're doing is you're taking a line and you're going, wait, what does the word hark mean? Yes. And it adds so much when you do that, whether it's the Bible mm. or whether it's a song. So why is it a good idea to even go to our songs and scripture that way yeah. versus just reading it and think, well, it means something. I might not be able to say what it means. For sure. Yeah. Tell me about your Bible process. So maybe what you do now that you didn't when you were 15. Yeah. So, or even three years ago. Okay. I mean, I think now I don't care about speed. As you know, we both have mentioned that we're not about quantity. Mm -hmm. I want quality. And I just break every word. Like, so the sentence, if I can't put it into my own words, what does this mean? So even I used a passage today, dominion. What does dominion mean? Can I put that in my own words? And if not, then I'm Googling the definition. Oh, it means control. Now I want to make sure I'm making a note like control. Oh, why was dominion used? Why is control used? Because Satan is in control of us until we have the redemption. Mm -hmm. Like it just, it makes everything come to life if you know the meaning and the definition. But if you just are all about quantity, like I have to get through these 30 pages. Yes. Or I have to get through this chapter today. Yeah. Then I'm just reading it. I kind of know what dominion means. Like I kind of get it. Yes. But it's just brings so much to life and the richness of the the song or the scripture if you can look up the meaning and then really meditate on that meaning why was that word used Mm. you're spot on did i tell you this was a bunch of years ago i was a a new pastor here at the core and i i don't know why (laughs) maybe because i'm competitive i wanted to see how fast i could read the bible cover to cover oh no how how fast did you do it um i remember i was I was averaging like 30 to 35 chapters a day. Wow. Like everywhere I'd go, my audio Bible was on. Every free moment that I had, my Bible was open. And I I binged like the Bible in a month. And it was the least fruitful time. Yeah. You know, sometimes I got these little blessings like, oh, I got to hear all of Leviticus today. (laughs) <laughs> which I'm, I'm, I'm never. <laughs> I'm glad you consider that a little blessing so in I'm your sign life. Sign up for our brand new book from Time of Grace, Leviticus, One Day Leviticus. Well, but you know, just getting a really thirty thousand foot view right. of a whole book right. was beneficial. But besides that, like, were there moments that really got to my heart and spoke to my soul personally? No. Mm-hmm. So you're so right. Like, whether it's a song or a scripture, there's no passage that says, "Thou shalt read the Bible fast." Mm-hmm. But there are ones that say, blessed is the one who meditates on the word of God. Right. Right. So if if almost every word in the Bible is hyperlinked mm-hmm. and it like has a richness to it, if we slow down and just like explore those little links and your advice is, I'm going to steal that from you. If you can't explain it in your own words, don't read the next verse. Right. No, for sure. And then if you want to take it one step further, pray before you go to the next verse. Mm. So if if this is the verse in the Bible and this is what it's saying then you just stop and pray. Well, first of all, forgive me because I so often fall. Thank you for rescuing me because I so often fall. And God help me Hmm. to avoid the dominion of darkness and instead to, Hmm. you know, so that, and again, you can't do that quickly. If you want to get the most out of it, you're going to, it's going to take time. So you might only get a couple verses a day. Yep. That's that's awesome. I have a new, um, I don't know when this started. 
that at church, I, I get to church about <clears throat> about 6 a.m. I go through my sermon so our band can get into the church space at about 7. And then I have about 45 minutes till I have to meet with the worship team and pray and get ready for church. And during those 45 minutes, I'll like pull up the songs we're going to sing. Uh, I'll put them on YouTube and then I'll pull up the lyrics. Mm -hmm. And what I've often noticed is that just when I have that little bit of study time, when I actually get to church, you know, it's almost like words are popping off the screen and like there's just a richness to the worship that wouldn't have been there if I just stepped in and, you know, once the guitar starts, it's like, oh, man, I'm so thankful for our musicians. So that makes me think, should we be telling people what the music will be the week before so that they can yeah. do that? Yeah, I mean, I know our prepare? church is different than some other churches, but we release a whole playlist ahead of time. Oh, perfect. So we'll go on Spotify and say, hey, for the next month, here's all the songs we're going to be singing in church. Mm -hmm. Put it on the car. Put it on when you're driving, shaving, mm -hmm. uh, working out. So it's not the first time. And hopefully those words start to reach your heart, too. Have you ever had a song come up that you were like, I'm not singing these lyrics? Because <laughs> <laughs> I have just recently. Really? So it's end times for the church right now. Yeah. And so there's all this, come quickly, Jesus, come quickly. And I'm like, no, like I have people that I am praying for, wow. you know? So there have been multiple times that I'm singing <laughs> in church and I'm like, I am I'm praying just for that. You dramatically slamming the hymnal, just no. like staring at <laughs> No, but John Chris has those, I ain't praying yeah, for that. I'm and I'm like, I ain't singing that. <laughs> I ain't singing that line because I'm not feeling that in my heart. So it would be a sin to sing that right now. This could so. be a spin-off YouTube series. I ain't no. singing that with Amber Albee Swenson. No, John Chris does a much I better job. I ain't singing job. that and here's why. That'd be a good devotion. <laughs> but truthfully, I mean, you should be paying attention to what you're singing. And if you don't agree with the line, you probably shouldn't yeah. sing it. Yeah. Because you're, it's a prayer mostly, yeah. right? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Just big idea. <laughs> Paying attention to the words is just so good in the end. It's a little bit of extra work, but yeah. man, that work reaps such rewards in the moment and then beyond it. Mm -hmm. So that's what we're hoping people do. Yeah. So in Hark the Herald, it's God and Sinners Reconciled. Mm. And you said God and Sinners Reconciled is like you, God, good. <laughs> so talk <laughs> about the significance of that because that's yeah pretty significant. Yeah. Yeah. Reconciled is one of those words. Um, it's not, not uncommon, but not super common. Mm -hmm. So I think of how we would describe it in relationship terms. And then this isn't a tangent. So often when I sit down with someone for the first time at a coffee shop and I'll kind of listen to their story, I went to church, didn't go to church, whatever. I always ask them, Hey, this might seem weird, but if you died today and God says, Hey, I know everything about you, the, the ups and downs, do you think he'd let you into heaven and why? And what I find is that people don't know if they're reconciled or not. Mm. They don't use that word, but they say things like, I hope or I yeah. think. Some people are really confident. And then like two seconds later, you can just see their conscience like, <laughs> there <laughs> was that time in 10th grade. Yeah, yeah. Like maybe someone mm -hmm. recently said like, well, I think God would like let me in the gate, but then he'd stiff arm me for a while. Oh, wow. Yeah, that was the last time I asked that question. So mm. yeah, to, to know God and sinners reconciled. Because of Jesus, sin has been taken away from me so that I get to be with God. Um, if, if Jesus really was born to not take care of like half the stuff we did wrong, but all of it, well, then why would God not like you mm -hmm. if you have Jesus? So, you know, I, I always try to do that. Unpack, how would someone say this in a relationship? Mm -hmm. And so just to use these songs and the story of Luke chapter 2 to say, well, actually, no. Mm -hmm. If God actually came away 
to this manger and hark, don't, don't miss this message. The angels yeah. are singing, you know, a savior has been born in Bethlehem. Yeah. So that's profound to me to, to think, well, God doesn't just forgive me. Like God likes me. I'm totally reconciled to him. There's, yeah. there's nothing getting in the way of like just delight when he looks down at me as his child. Hmm. It's like, <laughs> it doesn't make sense, but I love it so much. You said you talked about this phrase, second birth, too. Hmm. And that's, I think it's, it's so funny how we sing these things all the time. Yeah. But if you were to say to someone, hey, what's that mean? Yeah. Most people would be like, yeah, I, ha I mean, yeah, you know, so what is second birth? Simple definition, the second birth or being born again is just becoming a Christian. Which begs the question, well, why would you call it a second birth? Mm -hmm. Well, think what happens in a first birth when someone's born. They're, I say they're passively pushed into a total new kind of life. All, okay. like, the mom does the work. Yeah. So there's a, a someone else birthing, actively pushing someone else who's passively pushed into a whole new kind of existence. Right. So to me, that's the perfect definition of how do you become a Christian? Well, it's not my work. It's not my effort. Mm -hmm. It's not my choice. I'm passive. I'm in the, mm -hmm. in the process. The Holy Spirit is the one who pushes me into this faith. And it's a whole new kind of life where I'm reconciled to God, where I'm a child of God. Man, I have a purpose. I know that I'm created. I see the world in a whole new way. I hate sin. I love Jesus. So yeah, second birth is a really, really rich imagery of just saying you become a Christian. Uh, here's how it happens. You're passively pushed. And after it happens, it's a whole new kind of life yeah. that you get to live for the glory of God. Awesome. Third sermon, Joy to the World. Hmm. You said it was an unwritten rule in many churches that you have to sing this. <laughs> you do. On Christmas Eve. Christians lose all their Christmas joy if they don't leave with like a lit candle and <laughs> silent night and the lights turned down, at least in the church that I grew up in. So silent night or joy to the world? Because it was silent night in my church. Yep. So I was Sunday school superintendent for many, many years and okay. wrote many, many, many Christmas services. You and wrote I re them. Oh, I wrote most of them. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And then, um, but I remember getting, you know, one of the first ones back, like, where's Silent Night? I'm like, where it should be, <laughs> you know, not in the program. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I'll get edited out. Anyway, uh, I was told in no uncertain terms. Like, the no. comment section's filling up at this very moment. <laughs> there is no... There is no Christmas. I mean, you have to have silent night. It's like, no, that ha that is an unwritten rule. You cannot have a Christmas program without silent night. Yeah. You want to discuss this at all? <laughs> <laughs> or should we just move Dude, on? Would you? <laughs> I'm a master of nonverbal communication. I'm sensing something beneath the surface. <laughs> no, I think it's, I just wonder why any church would feel that it couldn't be Christmas without a song. Oh. My theory is just the power of the busyness of the season, the hectic, it's mm -hmm. loud, the uh, everything everywhere, ringing bells, to just have that moment where you're thinking about Jesus and everything is quiet. And especially if my church had like the pass the candle down. Yeah. So it's really yeah, unique, yeah. Mm -hmm. special moment. So uh, there's something that sets it apart. Mm -hmm. I'm not necessarily lyrically, but just the experience as a human of that moment, like yeah. quiet, light, softness, and Jesus mm. is super emotionally refreshing. Right. So I think that's where people came to love it. And I think there's nothing wrong with that, right? Right. <laughs> I'm glad we about... agree. I think, I think it's good. Moving on.
Are we still on what, what joy to the world? <laughs> so you hit on a big issue with joy. <laughs> so that a lot of people struggle with. Hmm. I'm sure you and I have never struggled with this, but never. a lot of people, Some people. think, um, <laughs> you know, joy, Christmas season is supposed to be the Hallmark movies. Hmm. The Martha Stewart, you have to have the, the tree and the house decorated mm. and you have to have the matching napkins. And if you don't have that, or even just your family over, yeah. some people don't have the family relationships, Yeah, you know? And so there's always this dissonance between the people who have it seemingly all together mm. and joy, joy, joy. Yeah. And the people who are like, yeah, I mean, I hate Christmas because of this, this. I'm not saying I'm one of them. I'm sure. just saying there's yep, this dissonance yep. with the people who are like, I don't have the Martha Stewart house. I don't have, yep. I mean, we just got divorced or or we lost our child or, you know, whatever. And so joy to the world can sort of challenge hmm. those feelings of how am I supposed to be joyful now yep. when this is going on? Yeah. So Time of Grace recently sent out an email uh, to our big email list that if you want prayer, like we'd love to pray for you. It's kind of a big prayer campaign. Um, over a thousand people emailed us. And I took about a hundred of those emails myself. Um, and wow, yeah, just reading through, like people go through stuff, mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. if, if your health is good, likely someone you love is not doing well. If you have money, maybe your kid is struggling. So, I mean, just reading prayer after prayer after prayer, like a hundred times over, I thought, yeah, it's, it is no small thing to have people feel good about the future, to have hope and mm -hmm. peace and joy. So fun fact about Joy to the World that not a lot of people know, it's not about Christmas Day, it's about it's, Judgment Day. It's about, yeah, Jesus returning. Yeah, so Joy to the World, the Lord has come. This wasn't what the shepherds were singing around the manger. This is like God's people singing that Jesus has come back to make everything that's broken and bad be gone mm -hmm. and a whole new world that he's gonna give to us. So. I think Joy to the World is the perfect song for people who don't have the perfect family, who are in a nursing home, who are dealing with chronic pain, who have strained relationships. It's like, this is not how it's going to be forever because I have this hope that one day Jesus is going to appear in the sky and he's going to make all things new. Mm -hmm. So it's a really great song of hope and it, it does apply. I mean, there's certainly joy that the Savior came 2,000 years mm -hmm. ago. But it's more of a like a New Testament church kind of song mm -hmm. that, man, we know how the story ends. It's not going to be a zombie apocalypse or climate change or World War III that ends us. Mm -hmm. Like one day he's going to come back and we're going to win. And that's what gives people hope. And isn't that the difference in um, between happy and joy? Hmm. Happy is based on your circumstances. Joy is not. So Correct. joy is a fruit of the spirit. Yep. So it doesn't, it, it's, it doesn't have anything to do. With what's going on. Yeah, can, you have joy because of what God did. That's it. Not because of you. Yeah. Yeah. Joy can yeah. coexist with sadness. It's like a persistent positive emotion. Mm -hmm. Like even though this is terrible, I'm going to be okay. Mm -hmm. I know how the story ends. I know I'm forgiven. I'm loved. God likes me and he's going to fix it in the end. Mm -hmm. Jumbo Jesus. You brought him up in the, <laughs> in the sermon. Jumbo Jesus. I actually went Tell back us about him. to watch this little clip. So. How did this even happen? Years ago, we bought my daughter this little 18-inch stuffed Jesus. Yeah. She might be aging out of this, but she loves a Jesus story at night. So I have come up with more like ridiculous <laughs> stories on my daughter's bed with this little Jesus. Well, I wanted to use it for a sermon one day, and my daughter was going to be gone for the weekend. Oh. 
So she's like, what am I going to do without, without Jesus? So I jumped back on Amazon to find another one. And in the process, I discovered Jumbo Jesus, which is the same Jesus, just six feet tall. Oh, my word. I mean, his head is like this big. So we, uh, <laughs> he makes a cameo appearance in my Christmas Eve sermon. And man, it was such a sweet, sweet moment. Um, not just for a, a humorous prop, but thinking about the, the size of the Jesus that you believe in. Is he this right. little miniature version I can stick in yes. my pocket? Or is he this big jumbo Jesus right. that takes a lot of room in my heart, but he brings a lot of blessings when he comes? So did you take him camping? <laughs> True story, because you were, you were contemplating if jumbo Jesus, because you had gone to Philadelphia and you had done that whole thing, yep. and you said jumbo Jesus went along. He... And you were contemplating if you were taking him camping. Yeah, he's, he's gone on almost every trip we've ever taken. But because we had all the camping gear, we could he's so jumbo. We had, there was not room in our, okay. our minivan to make him fit. But okay. yeah, he's next to my daughter's bed. He brings us great, great joy. Good to know. <laughs> all right. He takes up a lot of room, yeah. as you said. So it really was a good illustration of making room in our hearts yep. for Jesus. So talk about that. How do we make room in our hearts for Jesus? Yeah. So there's that line, enjoy to the world. Let every heart prepare him room. And you kind of have to know how big Jesus is to know how much room he needs. Mm -hmm. And so if we believe in this big savior, this immense friend, this glorious king, he's not. Maybe it's that same thing of limiting worship to a couple songs mm -hmm. or an hour on a Sunday morning. Like, no, Jesus wants more room in my life and my schedule than that. So maybe that's the double-edged sword of Jesus. He's coming to bring big blessings, but he's going to make big changes. Mm -hmm. Like if he's going to be the one that's always worth it, that changes our priorities, our schedule, our budget, how we approach sexuality or marriage or forgiveness or anything. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, we can't squeeze Jesus into a Christmas and Easter service every year and call ourselves Christians. So I was staying with somebody last night and as I came in the house, there is a little plaque that says God is greater than this. Mm. And I asked her about it. It's from your book. Um, three words that will change your life, yeah. that can change your life. Yep. And um, she said everybody in their small group got one. Mm -hmm. Somebody had made them. Yep. And we were talking about something. And then I had gotten a phone call from one of my kids. And um, I was like, oh, no, 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 no. And then I walked down the hallway and I see this. Oh, just last night? Yeah. Wow. God is greater than this. Huh. So even in... How big is Jesus in your life when you're facing whatever it is? Because is God bigger than this? Mm -hmm. Okay. That has you approach things totally differently. Yep. Because either the circumstance is really big or God is really big. Yep. That's it. But not both. That's it. Yep. Yeah. He's going to come and change everything when you're born again as a child of God. But that means he can change anything. Yeah. Right. So when you're like gripped by fear, oh, then Jumbo Jesus shows up and ooh, I'm so glad there's room for him in my heart because mm -hmm. he can he can talk me off this ledge. Yep. Give me hope in this moment. Help me take a deep breath and not be afraid. And in the end, we think we control so much. <laughs> we control so False. little. <laughs> False. False. Is right. <laughs> Why is it so important when we sing our Savior reigns? What difference does that make? Yeah. Probably same concept, huh? If Jesus showed up and there was something in our lives that reigned over him, if there was a greater king than Jesus, mm -hmm. I'd be really afraid of that thing. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you look at what's happening in America or in the world, Hamas and Israel, uh, Ukraine and, and Russia. Um, I follow, I went to Argentina 
Um, they just had their presidential election. They have 143 percent inflation in mm. Argentina. Wow. You know, so you think about people living through that. You think about everything happening in Mexico. People are freaking out about the future of America. Like there's all these factors and some of them feel bigger than us. Mm -hmm. Economics, world wars, nations, powers. So if if they reigned over Jesus and he submitted to their authority, I, I'd be freaking out too. Yeah. But if you and I are with Jesus and he is the one who reigns, he's the king above all mm -hmm. kings and the Lord above all lords, then, okay, yeah, he can speak a word and change things. He can return and end this. He can use messed up things for his glory and good purposes. So, yeah, those little lines, you might sing it without thought, but it's kind of the solution to all the panic we feel when we read the headlines. Mm -hmm. No, joy to the world, the Savior reigns. Mm -hmm. um, so soak that in, really uh, grasp the meaning of those words and, okay. And even to bring it more personally, the people who are facing death. Mm. Does God reign over that? Yeah, he conquered it. Boom. Like, so even if you're on your deathbed and you're thinking, but this is, no. Yeah. Great Our point. Savior reigns. Yeah. This is where we're at. That's God awesome. conquered it. So you're good. Yep. You're good. All right. Last sermon was mm. tackling tough topics. Yes. And this is something your church does every year? Yeah. Okay. Talk about it. Yeah, so this is going to be, I'm getting ready for the last Sunday of the year. So the Sunday after Christmas, we um, do like a Q&A Sunday, which is I don't prepare a sermon. I show up. I grab this particular Bible. People text in questions. Boom, they show up on the screen yeah. and we try to give a biblical answer. Yeah. And we've done it for 10 years straight and it has been awesome. I mean, I love Easter morning. I love Christmas Eve. But I think Q&A Sunday is my, my favorite Sunday of the year. And for the first time, Time of Grace was there to film and like capture that moment. I mean, to me, it's so profound because you find out what people are actually wondering about. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm yeah. preaching about A and B and C. And then you find out people are really wondering about D, E, and F. Yeah. So it's a little glimpse into people's spiritual lives and questions. People do not hold back. So, I mean... I was going to ask, do any of the questions take you like way off guard? Are you like, whoa, or are you pretty much like, no, I was expecting that. You know, I've, I've talked about some taboo topics before, so yeah. that's not new territory for me, yeah. but there's sometimes when I'm just, you know, there's a seven year old in the front row and there's a 82 year old woman sitting in the second row where a question will come up. I'm like, oh, wow. Okay. We're doing we're this. Going there. I said I would answer it, but you know, what we find out is when a lot of those things post, it's the stuff that gets the most traction. Because I've always wondered about this, but we don't talk about the, <laughs> we don't talk about this in church. So Christians have questions, they're dealing with real issues. You know, they want to know about questions of sexuality and marriage and divorce and communion and baptism and the end times. Mm -hmm. And what about the rapture? And what about creation? What about science? Mm -hmm. So to be able to like grab a Bible and, and do our best to at least give people a place to start. Mm -hmm. Not going to thoroughly answer every question, but wow, it is a, the time, it's like a time warp where I'm just amazed at how fast time goes, how many questions we have. And then afterwards, I'm always left, left with like 50 questions I didn't have time to answer. Yeah. So we make videos about all those and try to answer everyone's mm -hmm. questions. So it's a, it is a really cool tradition that I'm excited about this time around too. So I hope people awesome. enjoy watching. Mm -hmm. yeah. Awesome. Well, thanks for talking about these yeah. Christmas carols. Big idea. Let's meditate on the word of God, whether it's in a scripture, in a song. Get the most Jesus we can. And that's where lasting joy comes from. Amen. Hey, speaking of really cool things, 
Um, we're super excited at Time of Grace. We are uh, diving in this month to a huge $400,000 challenge grant. So some incredibly generous people are kind of challenging you, challenging me to match that number so that the gospel can go further and faster. And if you're interested in that, you can just follow the directions on your screen and uh, excited to send you a copy of a brand new prayer journal that I wrote called God's Love is Forever. Hate to break it to you, Christmas cookies won't last forever. (laughs) The holiday magic won't last forever. Uh, Thankfully, God's love in Jesus does. So we're going to help you get back to his unchanging, unshakable love through his son, Christ. So, um, Amber, Thank you so much for talking today. It's always fun. It is fun. Doing these things with you. Thanks for... I feel like you just have that kind of personality where, like, there's some really deep things that come out of you and then there's just some things that crack me up that I tell my wife about after the interview's over. So, I always love it. I'll be sure to tell Steve that. (laughs) (laughs) Amber, you do have some doubts. (laughs) I'm just kidding. Husband, I have many redeeming qualities. (laughs) That's awesome. Well, thank you everyone for joining us so much today. Hope you have a great week and amazing Christmas and we'll catch you next time.